We're going to be in Luke chapter 2 this evening, verses 25 through 35. And the words will be on the screen behind me. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. What must you see before you die? That was actually the topic of a very popular television BBC show called 50 Places You Have to See Before You Die. And, and this show was so popular that it spawned the, the writing of books with similar titles, 50 Places, or 100 Things You Must Do Before You Die. And these books that spawned out of the show became bestsellers, incredibly popular. There's something about that about the popularity of, of that, that show and the popularity of these books that says something about who we are and what we long for. There's this, there's this great fear in us that we're gonna miss out on something, that we have to experience the most out of this life and, and we don't wanna miss it. We wanna see everything and experience everything so that we don't miss out. And of course, social media only exacerbates this. Because what do people post on social media? Right? Their exotic trips and vacations, their exotic activities, all that they're doing, their lives, their perfect Christmas decorations, right? It all goes out on social media, and it oftentimes leaves you feeling like my, my life is so boring compared to all these people and all they're doing. In fact, everyone else's life looks so glamorous compared to mine. And this feeds into this pathology that is real. It's called FOMO. You know what FOMO is? F-O-M-O, -O, fear of missing out. It's an anxiety that's so prevalent that it became the subject of study for some Oxford psychologists. This man, Simeon, comes to the end of his life. And rather than experiencing FOMO, 
fear, anxiety, he's missed out on something. This man, Simeon, lands in a place of deep contentment. He has seen everything that he needs to see before he dies. So what must you see before you die? I'm not gonna give you a list of 50 or 100 things. I'm gonna give you two realities. Two realities that you must see before you die. The first is the condition of your heart. The condition of your heart. There's an abrupt turn in this passage that brings the feel-good vibes to a screeching halt. The story is beautiful. There's this man, Simeon. He's righteous. He's a devout Jew. He's been waiting for Jesus all his life, aware of God's promises that God's going to send a Messiah to fix everything that's wrong in the world. He's waited for Jesus. And, and Simeon, from what we can tell, was nothing special. He wasn't a priest. He would be today maybe like just an, a, an ordinary church member, a lay person. He wasn't a pastor. He wasn't an elder. And yet the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he was not going to die until he saw Christ. So he's in the temple, and in walk Mary and Joseph holding baby Jesus. And Simeon sees him and takes hold of Jesus and begins speaking of who he is. And, and Mary and Joseph are undone with what they're hearing about their child. And then Simeon speaks to them and specifically to Mary. And this is where the feel-good feel vibes come to a screeching halt. Story's just going great. And then here we go, verses 34, 35. Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel. And for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, speaking of Mary, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Mary and Joseph are overwhelmed with what's being said about their child, and then Simeon says, Mary, your son is gonna be opposed. He's gonna be rejected. And the culmination of that rejection will be him hanging on a cross. Mary, this rejection is going to bring your heart great pain. As a mother, you're going to experience deep, excruciating pain because of everyone that rejects and opposes your son. Simeon says, this child of yours is appointed for the rising and falling of many in Israel. What does that mean? It's just language taken directly from Isaiah 8, verses 14 to 15. Speaking of the coming Messiah, of Jesus to come, a stone of offense, many shall stumble on it, they shall fall and be broken. Many are gonna oppose your son, Mary. Simeon says that this rejection of Jesus is gonna reveal the thoughts of the human heart or the condition of the human heart. And it's a condition that you must see before you die. What's the condition? Well, when you read through the Gospels, the story of Jesus' life, 
and you look at all the instances where somebody walked away from Jesus or someone rejected Jesus, it happens because of two predominant reasons. Either Jesus doesn't give them what they want, which was the case with the Jews. The Jews were expecting this political Messiah, this political figure to come and lead this violent overthrow of the government that was oppressing them. And so when Jesus didn't do that, when he wasn't this violent political Messiah that was gonna overthrow everything, they walked away from him. He didn't give them what they wanted. That's the, that's the one reason why people rejected Jesus in his time on earth. The second is that they rejected him because to embrace him, they would have to lose what they loved most. So the rich young ruler walked away from Jesus because he loved his stuff and he loved his money. And he knew that to embrace Jesus, he would have to loosen his grip on that stuff. And he said, no way. Now, two different reasons, same root condition. And that is love of self. It's a life that is oriented around self, meaning everything, every person, every circumstance, everything in the world revolves around self. It's love of self. C.S. Lewis was an atheist meaning he didn't believe there was a God for much of his life, into his adult years. And then as an adult, after many years of not just rejecting God, but certainly rejecting Jesus, he came to faith in Christ, embraced Christ. He went on to become a prolific author. And at one of his lectures, he did a Q&A, a question and answer at the end of one of his lectures. And someone asked him, Someone said to him, which of the world's religions gives its followers the greatest happiness? And he paused, and then he said something really profound. He said, while it lasts, the religion of worshiping self is best. Now, if you believe that the greatest happiness is found in making decisions that benefit you at the expense of others, then the gift of Jesus is not good news. You say, wait a minute, how is a gift not good news? How can a gift not be good news? My family was watching America's Funniest Home Videos a while back, and we were watching an episode that had this hilarious video. It was a family of four. It was a mother, a father, and a, a younger brother and an older sister. The children were toddler age, and it was Christmas time. And so mom and dad had this amazing gift to give to their children. So they give them these boxes and the kids start opening the gifts, and, and the younger brother got his gift opened first, and he pulled out this shirt. And on the front of the shirt, it said, Big Brother. And he had this confused, perplexed look on his face, and his sister looked over and saw the shirt, and then it clicked for her, and her face lit up. And she looked at her mother and she said, you're pregnant, having a baby. 
We're going to have a little brother. And then the camera turned to this little brother and his perplexed face turned to a scowl really quickly. And he said, I don't want a little brother. And he began bawling. Talk about ruining a Christmas moment. Now we laugh at that. Why did that little brother think that was the worst gift ever? Because he was gonna have to share the spotlight. He was gonna have to share the attention. The world was gonna no longer revolve around him as the only brother in the family. And we laugh at that story, but it is a perfect picture of the human heart. We don't wanna share the spotlight. We don't wanna share the attention. We wanna be at the center. And while the worship of self may create some short-term happiness, in the long run, it only produces pain and anguish and loneliness and isolation. So what must you see before you die? First, the condition of your heart, and you have to agree that it's bad news, that the condition of your heart is bad news. But second, before you die, you must see the beauty of your Savior, the beauty of your Savior. Simeon had waited all of his life to see Jesus. He was devout. He was righteous. He knew the Old Testament. He knew God's promises. God was going to send someone to fix the world, to bring salvation, to bring redemption. And Simeon also knew the current condition of Israel when Jesus was born, and it wasn't good. It was a mess. They were under the influence of a cruel king named Herod. They were in the crosshairs of a political mess, having lost their independence and freedom. They hadn't heard the voice of God through a prophet in 400 years. Worship of God had become almost a show. It became self-seeking. Things weren't good in Israel, and yet Simeon knew that God would fulfill his promise and send someone, send the Messiah to fix all of this. And so Simeon, holding Jesus in his arms, is content and satisfied. Why? Why was he content? Well, to answer that, you have to look at what he said as he's holding Jesus in his arms. Verse 29, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Notice Simeon's posture, his attitude. He calls himself a servant. He's a servant of Jesus. Jesus isn't his servant, meaning Simeon's not in the middle and Jesus or God and everyone else circling and orbiting to make Simeon happy, to do what he wants to be done. No, Simeon is a servant. And one of the things that you learn in life that brings contentment is when you realize you're a servant. Incredible amount of joy and freedom that comes from being a, ser a servant. Then verse 30, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Simeon is looking at little baby Jesus and he sees salvation. Salvation is not a philosophy of life. 
It's not a 10-step process to a better life. It's not a book of information. It's not a transaction. Salvation is a person who's alive today in an unseen realm, but who's coming back. Salvation's a person, and it's a relationship with that person, Jesus Christ. Verse 32, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Salvation is described in the terms of light and glory. For Gentiles, it was light. They had no knowledge of God. They had no knowledge of salvation through Christ. They didn't know who Christ was. It was light. It opened their eyes to who Jesus was. Glory for Israel. That brings up rich imagery of Israel's history. Throughout their history, they had something that was called the Shekinah glory. And that was the visible manifestation of God's presence. Most notably seen in the pillar of fire at night and the pillar of cloud by day that would lead them through the wilderness after they had been delivered from slavery. It was God's presence. And so here in Simeon's old, wrinkled hand, was the glorious presence of God come to save his people. The glorious presence of God. These tiny little hands of Jesus were hands that would grow up to bear the eternal scars of love. You know why Simeon was satisfied? Do you know why Simeon was content? That he had seen all he needed to see before he died? Because Simeon was small and Christ was big. And the irony of that, as grown man Simeon held this little baby, Christ was big and Simeon was small. Joy and contentment suffer when you are too big and the people around you are too big and Christ is too small. That when your life is functionally lived with you in the center of the universe and with you in extraordinary joy and contentment suffer. It's when Christ is big and you are small. That's when you find joy and contentment. Jesus himself said in Matthew 16, 25, Whoever would save his life, that means you in the center. That means uh, decisions made to benefit you at the expense of others and everything around you. Whoever would save his life will lose it, meaning ultimately that will end up in anguish and pain and isolation and loneliness. But whoever loses his life, meaning for the sake of Christ, benefiting others around you at the expense of self. When Christ is big and you are small, then you find your life. You find joy and you find contentment. FOMO, fear of missing out. It's a real thing. If there's any fear of missing out, may it be the fear of missing Christ of living an entire life and missing Christ. 
may Jesus Christ be the one that you must see by faith before you die. Let's pray. Father, there are so many offers of joy and contentment in our world. So many things that are said to to bring life that we must have to find life. And yet the reality is Christ is the one who brings life. Father, for those that are here that have never really considered Christ, maybe have and have rejected him, would you work by your Holy Spirit in a way that they see Christ for who he is? that they would see the joy and the contentment that comes in a relationship with Christ and pray that you would draw them by your spirit to Christ. Father, as we carry out our festivities and traditions tonight and tomorrow, would you keep Christ before our eyes? That would only accentuate the joy that we experience. And Father, as we light candles now, as a proclamation that the shadows are gone and that Christ is here, would you fill our hearts with his love? Would you change and transform our lives? And we pray this all in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.